If you are able to hear your own voice, then you have configured Skype correctly. If you hear this message, but not your own voice, then something is wrong with your audio recording settings. Testarosta? I don't I don't know these words. Have you ever read uh, Atomic Robo? Um I, no, but I've really wanted to. Uh, I've heard really good things about it. It that's an amazing book. Books series. Uh what what are they on volume 10 now? Oh god, I don't know. I just read a new free thing they had on uh, I downloaded Comicsology again because yeah. Amazon bought it. Yep. A while back and I thought, "Oh, sweet. I got Amazon Prime. Maybe I get free comics." Nope. Nope. That would have been awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't understand it because through the Kindle I can get free novels. Right. Why, yeah, why aren't comics part of the unlimited thing? Yeah. Just, you... uh, just another way that comics is begging the world to kill it. Right. Like if so – how about this? What happens if they gave you a select library but you had to pay $9 a month? Would you do it? Isn't there a service out there like that already? Marvel. Marvel no, 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 no. There's another one, isn't there? One that, uh, oh, hell, it's, okay, it's some sort of random thing I saw on Twitter where it was like a company promoting itself and they uh, tweeted at a couple of artists I follow. Interesting. And they were like, hey, spread the word, we have your books. And then I heard nothing else about it. Hmm. I may have I may have taken like a screen capture. I. I, I take a lot of screen captures from Twitter so that I can like yeah. reference things later because it's impossible to go back through Twitter. Oh God, it's and find sometimes stuff. a nightmare. Unless you know specifically what it is you're looking for. Yeah, that's not it. Let me let me check this other thing. Nope, that's not it either. Let me huh? check this other thing. It's all dick pics from Bruce. Is all it is. <laughs> Why would I send myself dick pics? That's weird. No, it's you have them on your phone because you're sending them to other people all the time. Here, here's what it looked like today. <laughs> I, I, I groomed him and he looks really handsome today. <laughs> Let's keep an eye on this. <laughs> what was it Crichton was asking me about last night? For some reason, we, we showed each other our underwear. <laughs> um, oh, I was wearing, I had on boxers and he wears briefs. Right, and he's like, "There's a hole in your underwear." I'm like, "No, no, that's so I can take my willy out and I can pee. It's yeah. it's it's made that way." Mm-hmm. Said, really? I said, "Yeah, yours has that." No, it doesn't. So I showed him, and he's like, "Let me see yours again." So I showed him that it opens, and he's like, "You've got hair like a dog on your willy." <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you you haven't you haven't had that conversation with Ethan yet, huh? 
he just knows that I'm really hairy. Um, because Liz has shaved my back a couple of times, like when we go to like vacation or something like that. Rafi makes me do my own. No, Liz will do it for me. She thinks it's fascinating and she thinks it's entertaining when it hurts. Wow. Whatever that's worth. Um, like she, we have an electric clipper that takes it down pretty low. Yep. And um, so Ethan, he's like, Daddy. Oh, your back hair is gone. And then, <laughs> it, it, like, if it, like, I go a couple weeks or I just forget about it again, it all grows back. And he'll come over and go, oh, Daddy, it's a good day. All your hair is back. <laughs> <laughs> and I just look at him and I said, one day all of this will be yours. <laughs> when, when I shave, when I don't shave the top of my head, hold up, like, I usually shave it every Saturday. Okay. But some, some Saturdays I just, I, I'm tired or whatever. You're like, like screwed, like, whatever. Yeah, like last Saturday, we had a lot of stuff going on, so I just didn't get out <laughs> shaving it, and then Sunday came, and I'm like, ah, I'm tired, I don't feel like it, because I've got a vacuum afterwards and everything. <coughs> it's an ordeal. Mm-hmm. So, Crichton's like, you're growing prickles. <laughs> he calls them prickles, because on, uh, was it Sheriff Kelly's Wild West yeah. show or whatever, there's Toby, the cactus, and he has prickles. Right, right. So, I, the, yeah, yeah I, I am part cactus. Well, that's kind of awesome, and you love a western, so hey, why not? You know what I mean. I was I was working on my poor little western again. Yeah. So I've written from I've written pages one through eleven, and then I've written nineteen through twenty-two. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm trying to I got to fill in twelve to eighteen. Hmm. Which is is like a six-page conversation between Effie. Barmaeus and Abraham Lincoln. Um, can't he just hunt vampires? You know, or whatever. I don't know. I'm kind of making up like a backstory about him knowing one of the versions of Effie's dad. Okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm so struggling with this. <sighs> you feel like you're reaching too much. Yeah, I, it's it's not coming together as easily as it usually does. And I don't know if it's because of so many variables. I don't know if it's because of just tiredness or, you know, if, if sometimes if you're not supposed to do something, it just doesn't come naturally. Right. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. It's the whole, uh, square peg in a round hole kind of thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're forcing it. And sometimes you just can't force it. Like I, I, there have been times where I'll sit down to draw something and I'll be like, well, I'm not going to get anything done today. Right. Where you can just tell it's not feeling right. It doesn't flow. And all you're going to do is frustrate yourself and make bad decisions. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's people in sports that are like that too, to, to draw a parallel to it. Like, I mean, there's pitchers where they're just, they don't have their day. You know what I mean? Like they, they just like the breaking ball doesn't break for them and their fastball isn't where it needs to be. You know, they can't place the ball where they want to. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, that's got to be in every walk of life. I mean, how often does a singer go out there and perform every night, like, grade A material? You know what I mean? There's a night right. where he's like, well, this is going to get phoned in a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, I always, two quotes get me through most things in life. And uh, the, the Jack Kirby one comes up on a daily basis. Just, just uh, you turn a page and you're done, right? No, they, they pay me to draw, not to erase. Right. I was, What's the uh, other one? Uh, I think it was. I think it was uh, Eric Larson said, uh, "In order to break into comics, you have to be better than the best. In order to stay in comics, you have to be better than the worst." 
Yep. Which is really surprising considering some of the people that do stay in the comics when you think about it. God. And it's surprising how difficult it is to get into comics. Mm-hmm. I well, think okay. I, I think I told you I was thinking like okay I'll you know after Iron and Ink and after Finite Two I'll I was going to come up with some submission pages. Mm-hmm. You know it's like oh you know I haven't I haven't done that in a few years. Right. No one accepts submissions anymore. And Nobody, like, not even like IDW or anybody. Nope, not even Oni. Wow. I looked, and they're all like, you know, it, we'll we'll contact you. We're no longer accepting open submissions. Um, you know, post your stuff on the internet. It's the best way for us to find people. Well, what so the hell what, does what that you, mean? Like, so, uh, so the only thing I can think this means is because of tags and through social media. What if I were you? If I draw your stuff, post it on Twitter, and just tag every every writer or editor or in in the comic company on there for each like let's say you draw Batman or something like that that's that's yeah. probably a terrible thing to do because everybody wants to draw Batman you know what I mean you draw you 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 get in by like drawing something where somebody goes now that's an interesting take on that character you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. everybody's drawing Batman but you you tag you know I would tag Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder and, and you know and whoever the Batman editor is and you, what just because it'll make Dan DiDio feel better. Tag him about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but what, whoever just, you can. And, just spam, isn't it? Um, maybe. But if you do it enough, maybe somebody just looks at it and goes, huh, you know, there's something there. Or maybe at least they'd be like, dude, like, this is not good. Don't submit it. I mean, that's better than nothing, right? Yeah. You'd rather honesty than somebody be like, hey, true. keep trying there, Bruce. <laughs> you know? See, like, I, I was thinking, okay, so like DC, we're, we're talking DC. Mm-hmm. If I was to do a submission for DC, you know what character I would pick? Who would you pick? The Creeper. Oh yeah. Oh god, I still love that. I still <laughs> love that picture. You, I still have it. It's it's great. I love that pic- picture of Creeper jumping on Batman. <laughs> I, I draw uncomfortable, ugly people, <laughs> and the Creeper is the most uncomfortable, ugly DC character. What about o- outside of Dead Man? But I, I, I'm no Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones draws the perfect dead man, in my opinion. He, he does draw a very good... I mean, maybe... It's different, that's needless to say. Like, I think he brings a unique perspective compared to what, like, you would think dead man would look like. Because when you think of, like, the classic dead man, that goes to Neil Adams, 100%, you know what I mean? He draws, like, the... I, I think I saw Kelly Jones' dead man before I saw Neil Adams' dead man. But I'm saying that's what everybody has based their dead man off of, essentially. Kelly Jones has done something uniquely different with it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kelly, but I like Kelly Jones' Batman, too. And it's grotesque. It's, I think it's his, all... his Batman has a place. Right. Like, Sam, ba- Keith's, like Sam Keith's Batman. Exactly. I, but I, I could not imagine, which is weird to say because he did it, but I could not imagine a monthly Batman comic by Kelly Jones. Like I, I can't imagine Kelly Jones drawing, you know, Batman stopping the Riddler from robbing a bank. But him and um, who was the guy who just had all the uh, the health issues last year or whatever, um, who drew Batman all throughout like the eighties and the nineties too. Oh, I, I I don't know, Mike. Um, Eric did a, a submission piece to get for the to raise um, funds for him and everything like that too. Uh, Brayfogel. Yeah, Norm, Norm Brayfogle. Those guys were like trading back and forth on Batman and Detective for like years, and I know. they draw they draw insanely different Batmans. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it's sad because people were like, "Well, this is the '90s, and everybody just made muscles, and you know, and that's all it was." But there was a different 
it, well, it, it's, if, it's it's kind of comical though. Like it's meant to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was it was that way intentional. Right. You know, the, the, like, the cape was so big and the ears were so long, and you could see you know his ribs in the side, and then you know he had fourteen abdomen muscles in each six pack. I mean, that was and his teeth was, were pointed and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, it was that way on purpose. It was. Um, I don't know what you'd call heightened reality, Batman. Right, yeah. It's like if maybe Rob Liefeld didn't take himself as seriously, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because Rob Liefeld obviously draws like that, but he's like, this is this is life, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it's like Kelly Jones is like, you know, um, no, this this is this is fun. This is should be fun. You well, should be. Did you to- ever read his series Crusade? Mm-mm. That was it. Was a Vertigo thing he did after Batman. Okay. Um, I I don't think it ever finished. I think it was canceled before yes. it could finish. But it it was like a modern day New York, very realistic. It was about like a homeless guy who thought he was a knight, and he was a vigilante. Like he was living in the sewers and making armor out of manhole covers and stuff like that. And like he'd had a horse and he'd stole from a cop. It was it was like gargoyles, but without any sort of magic. Right. So there was just you know this knight, this you know, medieval knight would show up and save somebody, and the cops were hunting him down. And there was this female detective who became obsessed with it. Um, it was a great book, but just unexpected and weird. It's like <laughs> it's it's something that would have been on like NBC mm-hmm. at the time, you know. Right. right. <laughs> like you would have seen this on the news, is what you're saying? Like. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like it would have been some sort of uh, you know romantic drama type of thing. <laughs> okay. You know, like uh, tonight after Beauty and the Beast, Crusade, right. Crusade. her shining knight <laughs> reveals covered in. So it's like the Toxic Avenger meets Carcoyles, <laughs> meets Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, there you go. The, the Ron Perlman Beauty and the Beast. Uh, which one was that from the eighties? Yeah, that was the uh, him and the chick from Terminator living in the sewer. Oh really? I never watched it. I don't. I didn't. Oh, you never. Oh, okay, I, I think I'm just old enough to remember it, but I don't. I never watched it. Right. But is I'm that a, the is that the one that like um, I don't know. Did they ever publish that on DVD or anything too? I'm. Uh, I would assume it's on DVD. I don't know if it's on streaming. Everything's on DVD. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Things that aren't on DVD, you can order on DVD. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? Like, because um, I was thinking, like, man, I love the Herculoid series, and I'm like, oh, it's never been released in store. But if you go to the Warner Vault, it's there. <laughs> you, know? you also do that with uh, what is it? Memoirs of the Invisible Man, because mm-hmm. that that never made it to Blu-ray. Okay, I remember being so disappointed when uh, I think it was, was it Warner Brothers or somebody. Like, I read a list of like, hey, DVDs that will not be released on Blu-ray because no one but you would buy them. <laughs> And you memoir. look it up, it's like, dude, nobody's looked this up yeah, it was, since you looked it up two weeks ago. <laughs> I, I, have you ever seen Memoirs of, of the Invisible Man or Memoirs no. of an Invisible Man? It's uh-uh. So it's it was written and directed by John Carpenter. Awesome. And it stars Chevy Chase. What? As the Invisible Man. How is that not good? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Who's the villain? Uh, Sam, Sam Neill <laughs> is the villain. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It's a great movie. That's so amazing. It's it's my favorite Invisible Man movie. You know, I feel like we talked about this one time with Justin about your because uh, he always likes the one from um, what is it? Amazon Women on the uh, uh, oh, that's that? the son of the Invisible Man where he's just slightly transparent. 
Yeah, I think he always said it always like that one. Um, I see the only thing I can really relate to the Invisible Man because I never really was either. Um, whether it's the movie or the book of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or right. I've I've also read the book Nobody by Jeff Lemire. Okay. And the Nobody is really really good. I like that one a lot. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like hey that's always interests me but i've just never you know like there's a list you always have a list in your head of things i need to get around to watch someday whenever that is and you I, always forget about it i think it was the i think it's the original book where they they explain that the invisible man he's not invisible he's a color that we cannot perceive mm, okay i liked that i liked that notion right that like it's not that he's invisible; it's that we can't see him, so our our mind fills it in. So it's like it's beyond um, ultraviolet, or um, what's the other one? Um, uh, I can't think of what the other spe- opposite end of the spectrum is. Well, no, no, I, th- I I can't no, I don't remember if it's the book or if it was like an unofficial sequel. I I, I read it as a child, mm-hmm. but that it, it wasn't it wasn't very scientific in explanation. It was more like it's so unnatural that. Our mind tells us nothing's there. Right. It's it's like the idea. Do you ever read the Invisibles? Uh oh the um the uh, Great Morrison series. Yeah. No, I have not. There's a bit in there where the Invisibles travel back to like the 14th century, and they're like, "Hey, now how? You know, why is no one, no one freaking out? You know, we're wearing different clothes, and you know, we're a foot taller than these people, and so on and so forth." And King Mob, I think it's King Mob, explains it as. Uh, if everyone sees something they can't they can't make sense of, mm-hmm. their, their mind corrects it. Rather than go, driving them completely insane, mm-hmm. their mind just tells them, "Oh, you don't see that. You see this." See, that's brilliant writing, actually, right there. Because that, that's it's like you could almost see where the Matrix stole something from that. Where um, they make the joke about like uh, it tastes like chicken, and he's like, "That's why so many things taste like chicken because they don't know what else to make it taste like." You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 when you think about it, you're like, maybe your brain just can't like maybe maybe there are tastes that our bodies can't comprehend, so they have to fill that with some olfactory sensor or something like that, where you have to be like, this reminds me of chicken. Yep, it's chicken. Let's just go with chicken. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, did you have you uh, have you watched uh, season one of Fargo? Uh, no. I, I strongly recommend that. It was my favorite but, TV show of last year. I want I want you to know something. I literally just watched the movie for the first time last year. The TV show has very little to do with the movie. I know, but I'm just saying and that that's <laughs> the, the, watching. I told myself I wouldn't watch the show before I watched the movie because everybody's always said you got to watch the movie, you got to watch the movie, and I watched the movie and I was like, this is this is the most insane real life situation I could have ever imagined happening. You know what I mean? Like it's just I don't know. It, it blew my mind, and so I think the first season of the TV show takes place like ten years later. Okay, twenty years later, maybe. There's there's one element in the TV show that is a direct continuation of the movie. Okay, is the it set, the, good? Go on, go on. I was gonna say, is it the ineptitude of the police department? Because no, no, is, it's it's the the money that Steve Buscemi buries. Oh, I get you. Oh, okay, that makes perfect sense then. Okay, yeah. And then that's one thing is like, whatever happened to that money? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, you watch the first season of the the show, but okay. there's there's a bit in there where um, this. Billy Bob Thornton plays this serial killer, assassin, murderer type of guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he threatens Colin Hanks, but he does it in such subvert ways. He, at one point, he says, uh, um, "Do you know why humans can perceive more shades of green than any other color?" 
And then he just turns around and walks away. You know, it's a very Riddler-esque moment. You're like, what right. this? Well, humans can perceive more shades of green than any other color because when we were animals and we lived in the jungles, mm-hmm. we had to be able to distinguish you know, predator and prey. Right, right. So <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's very smart. <laughs> it's like, a, it, what do they call it? Um, like almost a collective, like a, that's, that's like a learned uh, trait that's carried down through evolution. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not to piss people off, but it's it's a real thing. So it's whatever. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's a museum less than forty five minutes away from here. Are you talking about the Creationist Museum already? Yes, I am. I don't like you right now. Hi. <laughs> I just uh, oh, I will not. Come on. Not, you want to go? I I kind of do want to go just so I can be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to just see it. I want to experience it. I just. It's so expensive though. It's not worth the time oh, or the it? money. Okay. I think it's like forty five dollars a ticket. I'd read uh, an article on uh, some website about a group of, of uh, anthropologists who went there to uh, to see, you know, their version of it. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy who wrote the article said there were anthropologists crying. Like, why are you poisoning people's minds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, seeing how you know uh, science is being distorted. Um, Liz had sent me a link, and it was um. Because there's always people that want to try to explain how dinosaurs existed, um, even though there's like the seven days of the of you know the Bible of like Genesis when it was created, the Earth was created, and everything. Um, and it was like uh, supposed to be this passage about like uh, explaining how the seven days aren't actually seven days, but it was like time frames and this, that, and the other. But like how dinosaurs could exist it. And then when I saw what page it was on, I'm like, I'm I'm not even gonna read this because it was from Kirk Cameron's website. I'm like, I'm not reading this. Like, I'm just I can't do it. I don't. There, there's nothing wrong with listening to the other side's argument. And as it was about to say is as I've. And I, and I haven't gotten very far because it's tough. I, I as I don't like Deadpool at all, and I've started reading some of the early Deadpool stuff, which is very rough to read. I mean, it's so rough to read. It's the, bad. the Joe Kelly stuff. No, I haven't even. I I thought I'll skip the New Mutants and the X Force things, but okay. I'll try the miniseries that I think there was one that Fabian Isaiah wrote, and then there was another one that Mark Wade oh. wrote. And so I started with one, uh, the first one, with Fabian Isaiah and um, Joe Matarera. And okay. I was just like, the artwork looks good in it for Joe. It's just. I, I, it's just 90s writing, um, the, the atypical 90s writing. And I like Fabian Isaiah, some of his stuff. Like he did a really good job with um, Robin and, and um, some other books that I liked. And But this is just tough. It's so it's just so tough to read, you know what I mean? I it's, don't think it, I've ever read anything that he's written that I've enjoyed. It, 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 the X-Men in the 90s very much um, came from the – the the Claremont run, you know what I mean? Like the the little um, side conversation that's happening while they're in the middle of talking, you know, yeah. exp- you know, like it's just that doesn't do much for me. And but it spoke to a generation for so long, and people love that. And I just don't. It's hard for me to read. <laughs> and yeah, I, I like like you talk about your '90s X Men stuff. I mean, I I loved Scott Lobdell. Mm-hmm. He could do no wrong in, in that time period. He was just right. hitting on all cylinders. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, he could not write anymore. Hmm. When do you think that changed for him? Like what, was it, like what book was it where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what, 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 did, you, what did you do to yourself here? Uh, I, I, I don't know. At one point, he was writing almost every X book. Right. Um, 
I don't know if he got burnt out or I know he he you know fought cancer and oh see I know, didn't know he, that he left comics for a while and you know he was a stand up comedian sometime and I I didn't know that that's crazy it's it's one of those things it's like um you know there's some people who experience tragedy or uh, you know some kind of real life scenario that really puts like life in perspective and they change and some people change for their creativity gets better and sometimes it doesn't go well because you look like like um what happened with Jeff Loeb like Jeff Loeb really kind of hit a slope after his son died yeah and um and and I'm not saying like that's necessarily the reason why but something changes in them when this happens you know like i don't i don't know what it is but it's just it's but that's like two people i mean and i'm sure there's i mean howard porter i think is doing better even though he had his whole um he couldn't write for your draw for what three years four years or whatever he couldn't even hold a pencil in his hand for yeah. god's sakes yeah. and i think the stuff that he's doing now looks better than his older stuff you know well, what I, mean? I mean look at somebody like van gogh right yeah yeah the worse his life was the better his art was Yes, weird, right? Some so, people, some people need that that torment. That's awful when you really think about it. But at the same point in time, I mean, that's why probably so many like musicians do drugs and things like that well, because they Hemingway. Hate think about Hemingway. Right, alcoholism. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean yeah. that these the misery of the few leads to the pleasure of the many. Spock would totally agree with me mm-hmm. on, <laughs> on this. Oh, and you had to bring up someone who's dead now. Why did you do that? God, you're so mean. He's a fictional character. He's not dead. But it's but we all know who Spock is. No, we, we all know who Leonard Nimoy is. Yes, and he, he is Spock. <laughs> I don't know. Zachary Quinto's doing a good job. I agree. He, he will be remembered more for Spock than Siler at this point. Yes, you're probably right. Um, Which especially. Heroes is still on, apparently. Did you know that? Um, I, they did their last episode. Oh, did they? Okay, thank God. So, yeah, um, for that Maxi series or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've been I, wanting to I, watch it. I had never gone in and told my DVR to stop recording. Because we watched the first one and a half, and I said, this isn't very good. Oh, really? And Ralphie's like, yeah, I, I have no interest in it. Um, and I just never went in and told it to stop recording. I thought, oh, there's only like a few of them. I'll just go ahead and delete them. You know, no, one 13. at a time as they show up. And it's like, oh, my God, why won't this just stop? Yeah, the first episode was actually the first two episodes, and they did 12 or 13 total, if I'm not mistaken. All right, do you plan on watching it? I probably will at some point in time, because it's all available on the NBC app right now. Like, I can pull it up right now on my Roku box and watch it all okay. if I want to. Um, it, I don't know. I, there's There's a nostalgic part of me that really wants to, and there's another part of me that's like, dude... This is going to let you down, probably. But my mom said she really enjoyed it, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably give it a whirl, mostly because my mom did, you know? The first season was amazing. There'll, there'll never be anything like the first season of that show. No. It, it, it the, the mystery and, like, the... the, the like the the what's happening the next week like you yeah. want like i've never had a point in my life where i had to watch the tv like live you know i wanted to know every week what was going to happen me me and ralphie we this was when when did the first season come out what year was that i think i i wasn't even married yet i want to say it was i was living at my mom's house still so it was either 2005 or 2006 when when it when the first season was on uh, originally me and Ralphie, it was, it was pre-Crate and we were married. We were in this house. Mm-hmm. It was the height of our World of Warcraft days. Mm-hmm. 
and we'd be playing on the server and you know be like 8 840 something and all of a sudden they, they, like everyone across the server would just start screaming save the cheerleader save the cheerleader people from all over the country all over the world people who barely spoke english were all typing save the cheerleader right a- and save then the- you'd be standing in the middle of a populated city and i you you never played world of warcraft but if, if you you're, sta- you're standing in, on orgamar and you're surrounded by thousands you know 2000 people all of a sudden, you see everyone's character cross their legs, sit down, disappear. Just boop, 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 boop. Like, entire cities are just boop, gone off the map just to go watch heroes. Yeah, everyone, everyone's going to watch heroes. It's like, wow, now would be the perfect time to rob anyone. Yeah, no, no you just take everything you can, plunder, plunder, plunder. Yep, yep. Oh, man, that, yeah, see, and like everybody, but. When your first season is that good, anything less than that is unacceptable. And going into the writer's strike after that, like... Yeah. Well, I, the beginning of the second season was almost as good. Because I, I liked the whole Invisible Man thing. I liked mm-hmm. Peter Petrelli, you know, figuring out more of his powers and everything. I yeah, I think... Was it the writer's strike that just destroyed that? Yeah, because um, they they forced the end of that season before the writer's strike actually hit. Like, they they wrote every episode real quick. Because it was only 13 episodes? Wow. Maybe... T- uh, it, it wasn't the full 21, 22 that it was the first season. They yeah. they really pushed it to, to, like, get it done. Like, like, we need to wrap up the season and we can just jump back in. And, like, and it really... Because... There were so many shows that just took an extended break, and then they came back after the writer's strike, and Heroes didn't come back until the next year. Well, because of the post-production on that, that show, right. probably. Oh, I'm sure it was insane. You, you, you can do that with you know a sitcom or a drama or something where there's no special effects. Mm-hmm. But with Heroes, it, there was a lot of his special effects, and it's just... Yeah. I mean... The second season, it was like it. It just gets really. You can just tell they were rushing it. Like you can tell they were just like, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. And it's like, it, I think it really kind of killed the momentum. And then the third season, the first half of it was so bad. It was. Was so the bad. third season the circus? No, that was the fourth season. For, okay, that I didn't watch that one. The fourth season, I actually liked. It was pretty good, and that's where the show picks up after the whole circus thing because that's where Claire jumps down off of the um the uh the tower or whatever. Yeah, to to show everyone. Right, that she she's she's basically like, oh by the way, like uh what was it? Professor X did it in the uh at Grant Morrison run of the new X and he's like, Oh hey, I'm uh, Charles Xavier and I'm a mutant and everybody goes, What? <laughs> yeah. But did you ever watch the T V show Alphas? Mm-mm. <laughs> On sci-fi. a sci-fi, yeah. It was a sci-fi channel. It was two seasons. It was from one of the writers of one of the X-Men movies or whatever. But it was basically like, hey, these people are mutants. You know, They've got different mental abilities and physical powers and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the first season, it was the whole, like, you know, coming out. Like, you know, there are people out in the world who can do this and this. You know, here's, here's you know, undeniable proof. Now what? <laughs> and that, that's how the first season ended. And you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. Okay. Didn't, expect, didn't expect them to do that. Right. Second second season was okay, but you could tell that they had no idea where to go. Right. See, and it's one of those things is like, do you take longer to put together another season? Because everybody's going in probably like, maybe I have a season at most. You know what I mean? Like nobody's nobody plans past like 
episode seven or eight yeah. because they know if they, it's going to get if it's going to get cut, it's going to get cut by Ben. Well, did but, you ever? I'm sorry, go on. I was just gonna say. So it's like they like they blew their wad, you know, because they're like, oh, we're gonna finish the season because you know, sci-fi get it, and people were like, yes, that's really awesome. What do you got now? And they're like, oh shit. We didn't do it. It's like, can we have more time? It's like, nope. You got to ride this wave. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you, and, and there we go. We're back to the whole. We're, we're back full circle. You're forcing the square peg into the round yep. hole because now you're not. You're you're just like that. There's a cash line over there, and you have an obstacle course, and you're just throwing what other unstable bridge it is that you can get there to to get to the cash cow. You know what I mean? That's Kirk, it. Kirkman tells a good story uh, about. Uh, I think it was Invincible. The way he had this big long plan, he was like, you know, first year this, second year this, and I think he said it was Jim Valentino told him, he was like, nope, you, you're going to have like five, maybe six issues. Right. So, so take the best parts of that first year you have, and you know, put them in the first five issues. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, your books, it's probably going to get canceled. Just assume it's going to get canceled. Right. Um, I know. Jeff Lemire talked about that too when he got the okay to do Sweet Tooth. Because, I mean, he's just writing Essex County, you know, this entire time. And he's like, um, he knew, he knew his, uh, um, it was like your, um, he knew his beginning and his ending point. It was like your, uh, when you first started doing the Western, you knew how the yeah. book was going to end or began because you had the first issue done and you knew how you wanted to end it. Um, so he's like, he's like, I'm probably going to get maybe eight issues at most. They'll maybe let me finish with eight issues. So he's like, I'm just going to have it lead up to this point, and if I need to, I can write the ending in two issues, and it'll be okay. And, and they said, after the first six issues, they're like, dude, sales are pretty good. Keep writing this thing. And, they're like, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I've got to make up stuff now. Yeah. Because there's like, he's like, there was characters that were never involved in the original plan and everything that he ended up... Because I think that book went on for... 36 issues if i'm not mistaken it was an odd number i thought yeah it's it is it's a weird number but the whole writing for the trade thing has changed that because in my mind it's like oh you aim for like 25 or 50 or 75 100 you aim for like a monumental number right but the whole trade thing is like okay is it divisible by four or six Mm -hmm. what's your page count how can we package this "Eh, what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> how many how many writers or directors of movies sit down and be like, well, you know what? People's asses get numb around two hours and ten minutes. So, could you make me a movie that's like two oh eight? They're like, well, what would you, would you like it to be a drama or a period piece? Around just like two hours and eight minutes. You're not giving me any specific. <laughs> you keep saying a time, but you're not telling me anything. I need to know. Do you want it? Is it a cartoon? Is it? It's it's two hours and eight minutes of what? Whatever you can give me. So here's here's you know nineteen million dollars. Go record nine, go record nine <laughs> hours of film. Bring it back and let's chop the fuck out of it real quick. Yeah. You come back at Citizen Kane. I think it's it's amazing. It's great. Too short. It's it's only ninety minutes. You got to add on another. I got to have some more time. People are barely getting settled in. We at that need point thirty-eight time. more minutes. <laughs> but it's perfect. No, not perfect enough. Things can always be perfecter. <laughs> even maybe even more perfecter, possibly <laughs> more perfecter. Um, on a scale of one to perfect, I need it to be tits. When, 
when somebody says, "Hang on, let's 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 stop," because we've already we filled uh, thirty minutes. So, did, did we talk about stuff? Is that a real thing? That just <laughs> let, let me let me just ask you this one question going on. Thank you for listening to episode twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> and good night. <laughs> Sorry, go on. That was awesome. Um, is there a point like? And I know movies can seem longer. Like, is there like a runtime of a movie where you're just like, nope, it's too long. I won't even try to watch it. No, because I, I, well, I don't in the theater. Yes, because uh, you have to get up and pee. You can't no, pause I, the movie. I have a very small bladder, which is weird. And you're a large man, and I don't mean fat. I just mean you're a you're a dense human being. Like you, if you feel like you're, you would have a bigger stomach in you. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm six three. Uh, I'm, I'm two hundred and six pounds. Yeah. Right now. So, yeah, I, but yeah, I have, I have a small blood. <laughs> okay, and, and now we'll stop. And now we'll stop. Good night. Good night.